You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. Hi, thanks for listening to me today. Today's show has two distinct parts. The second part is connecting Led Zeppelin to the movie What is the movie called? Um, Devil and Miss Jones. Led Zeppelin meets, connects with the Devil and Miss Jones. How? Through Dorothy Moskowitz, who was in the band United States of America that released one album, but we'll talk about that later. First, we're going to talk about a release, one release from 1968 by a band called the Joseph Consortium. The Joseph Consortium was an early attempt at a concept album by Tim Rice and, um, what's his name, Lloyd Webber, Frank Lloyd Webber. Um, Sir something Lloyd Webber. But, you know, the musical, they did um, Jesus Christ Superstar, which um, affected the pop music world for the next decade or so. Uh, Not just because it was a serious rock opera based on a very serious subject, but because the people who appeared in the uh, British or the English version off went on to become stars in their own right. Um, Ian Gillian from uh, Deep Purple was in the show. Um, Murray Head, who you know because he sang the song One Night in Bangkok from the musical Chess, he was in the show as well as I think Judas Iscariot. Also, um, Yvonne Elliman was in the show. She sang I Don't Know How to Love Him, and later on she had a, she had a hit record in the 70s with um, Lot of Love. Was that it? Was that Yvonne Elliman? Or she was something else. She was in um, Yvonne Elliman. Oh, if I can't have you, I don't want nobody, baby. She had that big hit. Very pleasant. One hit wonder if there ever was one. But Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice actually concocted this concept album in 1968 called Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Later on, they took these ideas and created a new show. And it became pretty popular. I, myself have played bass for, I think, three productions of Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, so I know these songs intimately because I rehearsed them and we played show after show, um, thanks to Gail Wiegand and Donnie Jenska, who let me partake of the goodness, if you will. Uh, Tim Rice, in this particular album, now this album has two songs on it, Part one and part two 
on each side, even though if you know the musical, you know that all the songs are, you know, normal tracks and stuff like that. But on the album itself, there are two tracks, side one, side two. And Tim Rice actually plays the part of the Pharaoh in, um, what is the song? Oh, boy. What is the song? Help me. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's going to come up. You're going to hear Tim Rice singing the part of what is supposed to sound like an Elvis character. Um, because I guess they equated Elvis with, like, power or whatever. I don't know. But if you listen to this, this sounds very, 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 very 60s. And it is not at all polished like the soundtrack that you can get, you know, on CD anywhere. I don't think you can get this get this on CD or digital. I think you have to dig this up on YouTube. But I was struck listening to this by how, first of all, it brought back a whole bunch of memories because, as I said, I played it. But also, you know, it really sounds like a garage band just throwing, just, just doing these different styles and things like that. It sounds totally, not totally different, but... Very, very unpolished, but I wanted to um, present this to you in case you like the musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. This is the first version, um, a very, very obscure version from 1968. So I'm um, going to let this go, and uh, you're welcome. Joseph tried it on He knew his sheep's 
from home, the brothers planned a repulsive crime. Let us grab him now, do him in while we got the time. This they did and made the most of it. Tore his coat and flung him in a pit. Let us leave him here, the brothers said, then he's bound to die. When some Ishmaelites, a hairy crew, came riding by. The brothers changed their plan We need cash, let's sell him if we can Poor, poor Joseph, what you gonna do? Things are bad for you, hey, what you gonna do? Poor, poor Joseph, what you gonna do? Things are bad for you, hey, what you gonna do? Could you use a slave? The brothers said to the Ishmaelites Young, strong, well-behaved, going cheap and he reads and writes In the tribes the dirty deal was done Silver coins for Jacob's favourite son So the Ishmaelites galloped off with the slave in tow Home went the evil sons to break the news, let father know Joseph's dead, they told their ageing dad Jacob wept, he really loved the lad Was cool and so fine. 
But his wife would never tell the line. It's all there in chapter 39 of Genesis. She was beautiful but evil. Saw a lot of men against his will. He would have to tell her that she still was here. Joseph's looks and handsome figure had attracted her attention. Every morning she would beckon, come and lie with me, love. Joseph wanted to resist her till one day she proved too eager. Joseph cried in vain, please stop, I don't believe in feet, love. Suddenly they Those I love from me 
Joseph's luck was really out, his spirit and his fortune low. Alone he sat, alone he thought, oh happy times he used to know. Chains were heavy, weighted down. Candle was his only light. The hungry rats, the only sound. Do. Dreams are haunting you, hey, what you gonna do? Poor 
Joseph is a clever kid Who'd have thought those 14 cows Could mean the things he said they did Joseph, you must help me further I have got a job for you You shall lead us through this crisis You shall be my number two Pharaoh told his guards to fetch a chisel From the local store Whereupon he ordered them to cut the chains That Joseph wore Joseph got a royal pardon And a host of splendid things Chariot of gold, a cloak, a medal And some signet rings Joseph saw that food was gathered ready for the years ahead Seven years of famine followed, Egypt did not mind a bit The first recorded rationing in history was a hit Back in Canaan the future looked rough Jacob's family were finding it tough For the famine had caught them unprepared They were thin, they were ill, they were getting scared In the end they decided to go to Egypt to see Brother Joe. So they all lay before Joseph's feet. Mighty Prince, give us something to eat. Joseph found it a strain not to laugh because not a brother among them knew who he was. I shall now take them on for a ride. After all, they have tried fratricide. Joseph handed them sackloads of food. And they groveled with base gratitude 
Joseph, your little number's up One of you has stolen my precious golden cup Joseph started searching through his brother's sacks Everyone was nervous, no one could relax Is it Reuben? Yeah. Is it Simeon? Yeah. Is it Naphtali? Yeah. Is it Dan? Yeah. Is it Asher? Yeah. Is it Issachar? Yeah. Is it Levi? Yeah. Who's the man? Is it Zebulun? Yeah. Is it Gad? Yeah. Is it Judah? To the core. Never in my whole career have I encountered this before. God sees him lock him in a cell, throw the keys into the Nile as well.
I closed my eyes Drew back the curtain To see for certain What I thought I knew Far, far away Someone was weeping But the world was sleeping Any dream will do I wore my coat With golden lining Bright colors shining Wonderful and new And in the east The dawn was breaking And the world was waking Any dream will do A crash of drums A flash of light My golden cloak Flew out of sight The colors faded into darkness I was left alone May I return To the beginning The light is dimming And the dream is too the world and I We are still waiting Still hesitating Any dream will do Joseph and the Amazing Tentacolor Dreamcoat from 1968. About six years before anybody else heard it. It was released and charted in the top 40 in Australia in 1973 with the English cast. But this original version never charted anywhere. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal. Playing you interesting music from 1965 to 1980. And I think that that's a pretty interesting release because it's... It's high-minded, sloppy in places. Um, the two things I noticed were some of the drum cues were a little off. And... Some of the in the the when the chorus goes a cappella, it comes the the band comes back in and and they've lost their their pitch. I'm not saying that to critique. I'm saying that this would never happen, like later on with Andrew Lloyd Webber. But who knows? Anyway, a nice little curio for you, those of you who like Andrew Lloyd Webber or 
this musical in particular. I'm I'm it's it's nostalgia for me, but some of the lyrics are a little I don't know. Who am I to say, right? Because I'm talking about him and he's not talking about me. That's for sure. Anyway, that was uh, based on a story from the Bible. Some craziness about uh, fathers and his sons and stuff. Who knows? All right. So I'm now going to transition to the next part of the show. Connecting. Not Led, not Led Zeppelin. I was wrong about that. Although, can you link Led Zeppelin to Woodstock, even though they didn't play it, even though they probably could have? Can you link them to Woodstock? I don't know. So let's say Woodstock. So you, we start with, let's start with my, uh, the thing I know a lot about, which is the United States of America, which was a band that I talked about previously that I like a lot, even though they only released one album. I personally think it's it's wonderful. It's a, it's a seminal statement about technology and America. And it's just, uh, again, high-minded, brave, mistake-filled stuff. But in places, very well executed. In places, very well done. And I, I really do suggest that if you can find a copy can buy a CD or look look up uh, YouTube, look up the album United States of America. And a guy named Joe Boyd, Joe Boyd or Joe Bird? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me today? I swear. <sighs> Joe Bird. A guy named Joe Bird was kind of the mastermind behind this group. And uh, the original United States of America released one album, but he kept going with sort of um, um, a phase two of that called Joe Bird and the Field Hippies. And the album is called The American Metaphysical Circus, which has a really cool cover. So if you're a fan, it would seem that this this album would probably just and probably might have maybe has just been resigned to the dust heap of the memory hole of history in the 60s and all that that stuff. Except there is a woman who sings on this album who whose style is very unique. It's not histrionic like Janis Joplin. It's not um, sexual like Grace Slick. And it's not innocent like Linda Ronstadt. It's um, Dorothy Moskowitz. So I've been researching Dorothy Moskowitz, and I have to say, she she had some pretty neat failures. Um, her highlight in her career was being in the United States of America, and everybody who knows anything about her knows knows about her through that record. And the outtakes she did, because I think she was gonna gonna record a solo album. I don't know if that ever happened. No, I know for sure it did not ever happen. But later on, in 1973, in 1972, she uh, toured with 
73 or 72. She toured with a guy named Country Joe McDonald. Now, if you are of a certain age and you enjoy that phase of music or that time period of music, you know who that is because he sang at Woodstock. And one of the most distinct parts of that movie was when he sang um, his biggest hit. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just trying. Uh, one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me. I don't give a damn. Next up is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Okay. So fixing to die rag or something like that. Anyway, it's very popular because in the movie, they actually superimpose um, a bouncing ball going along the lyrics to sort of force the irony into your face that he's singing this song about people dying in Vietnam and here he's singing this this jaunty little uh, tune and there's this bouncing ball making you sing the lyrics and stuff um, one of the other things I noticed about the song and I might have mentioned it in a past show is that the chorus goes and it's one two three what are we fighting for and it's five six seven open up the pearly Gates. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No one cares. Anyway, that was like one of the highlights of the of the movie, of the Woodstock movie. But Joe, Country Joe McDonald and the Fish broke up, and then Country Joe kept going because he was a pretty talented guy. And a good songwriter, pretty good guitar player, had a lot to say. And in 1973. He released an album called The Paris Session or Paris Session. And in the band with him was our Dorothy Moskowitz. So the last we had heard from her was United States of America, 1968, 68 and 73. She's part of this this band from San Francisco. And uh, I have the album. I actually bought the album to play a couple songs from it for you. So I don't know if this needs to be censored. Um, I don't think anyone's listening, so it's not going to be a big deal. But I thought I'd play you a couple of songs from that and then go on with her story because it keeps going. can 
He's always talking to his friends about his lovely kids. Well, he ain't been home in 13 months, but still he thinks of his. Another notch on your back. This tool is the revolution sexist big sexist big he's got balls but that is all and that ain't the solution sexist big sexist big cause he's a man who thinks he can have any woman sexist Because he's got a brick A guy needs a doll To make him feel like a man But the doll can walk And the doll can talk And she'll kill you if she can Another notch on your back to the next song see if we get banned hopefully not Joke. I reach into my pocket, I'm looking for the dope. 
They take the spotlight and they shine it in my eyes. I start to pray for them to pass me by. They stop the squad car and open up the doors. I hear a voice say, hey, come here, boy. I'm starting to sweat, things are getting pretty hot. They're talking about communism, free sex and pot. Oh, no. This can't be true. Country Joe, Country Joe, Country Joe, Country Joe, keeping the 60s alive in 1973, but I thought you might be interested if you are a Dorothy Moskowitz completist to hear her singing backing vocals and playing piano on Country Joe's Paris Session album from 1973, and if you buy the album like I did, Look at the back. There's pictures of Dorothy Moskowitz. She got a perm. No, she doesn't have a perm. Her hair was straight in the United States of America release. But now it's in 1973. It's a little puffy. She's a beautiful woman. I always liked Dorothy Moskowitz. I love her voice. I, I might play a couple of things that she did on that album another time. I don't know, but. So after that, after that thing happened, and who knows, man, maybe someone got busted with their stash smoking the marijuana joints. She joined a concern called Steeman Freeman. The first album is called Greatest Hits. <laughs> Greatest Hits. I don't I can't see on discogs a discography that happens before that. So I don't know. This uh Freeman Lockwood person actually before 
before this album was recorded, and it is a live album. He actually recorded two albums, and Dorothy Moskowitz is on both of them. He did the music. He did the soundtrack to a movie, which is not unusual because a lot of wannabe pop stars get their start doing music for movies, small movies, independent movies, and in this case, a pornographic movie called Sodom and Gomorrah, The Last Seven Days. One can only imagine the debauchery depicted in such a movie. Sodom and Gomorrah, The Last Seven Days, was released in 1975, and I'm looking at a review from um, IMDb. The story opens with a fight and a familiar story. Lot, which you also know from the Bible, his wife and daughters separate from the rest of the tribe and head for the unknown city of Sodom. There, they become temporarily enmeshed with a society where, let's, let's just say butt love, is a brutally enforced community standard, much like Johnston County. Shortly afterward, two space travelers with an incomprehensible obsession about human venereal disease raid the party, sparing only Lot and his family. And they say this last element seems to have been adopted from Eric Von Daniken's books. He was popular at the time. And then someone else reviews it, says, The best part of this flick was the chimpanzee that talked like John Wayne and the rather tall man who was so, well, he was very flexible. Great porn flick. I believe I read somewhere that this was produced by the same crew that did Flesh Gordon, which was my all-time favorite adult flick, the review says. Flesh Gordon is not my favorite porn flick, but I did see it because it was playing at the Como Mall when it first came out. The Como Mall in Chictawaga, New York, very close to West Seneca, where I grew up. So my mother took us to see, took me at least, I don't know if my sister came, to see Flesh Gordon. And the only thing I remember about that movie is that the, the villain of Flesh Gordon was like a claymation character. And at one point in the movie, he's getting swatted, he's swatting away phallic-shaped spacecraft and stuff and he stands up and goes f you gordon he puts his finger out and that's that the, the audience loved that so i must have been 14 when that happened was directed by artie mitchell and his brother jim now i'm talking about the sodom gomorrah movie that i just talked about pioneers in the production of pornographic films and adult entertainment in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is probably why they tapped this Steeman Freeman to do the soundtrack. Because then, Steeman Freeman 
formed a band, then recorded two albums. But one of the members was our beloved, our lovable, our wonderful Dorothy Moskowitz, who, nay, seven years before that, sang and wrote, co-wrote some of the most wonderful songs on that United States of America album. So this album is very, very obscure. So obscure that it's almost worthless. But your friend Gilbert ponied up the do-re-mi, bought a copy of his first album. I have not heard it, and if there is swear word one, I swear I'm going to stop this thing and go on to the next section of my complete and utter discography of Dorothy Moskowitz. I know that didn't make any sense. But if you've ever seen the movies, um, gosh, 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 what? Uh, let's see. So I guess Sodom and Gomorrah came after um, the other ones. So it was like the end of uh, this director's, this bro Mitchell Brothers' uh, ambitions in the 70s. The golden age of pornography. Behind the Green Door. So you know that movie, right? Another Johnson County favorite. Um, that was the end of uh, pornography being treated as a legitimate um, form of cinema and not because of the content, but because the cinematography was, was about that of, um, I don't know, Sheila Levine is dead and living in New York. It's that, that sort of thing, like scenes and dialogue and Marilyn chambers and things like that. But I think it's an interesting story, San Francisco at that time. So you, along with me, have no idea what this is going to sound like. And again, I will not tolerate the dreaded F word like I did last time. However, I have to say, yesterday I was driving home from a lacrosse game, and they were playing the complete soundtrack to um, Showboat, which was, which was wonderful. Old Man River is just like, the original production is just amazing. It's like heaven. But that has many uh, epithets, let's say, strewn across the various songs, the beginning and the end of the, of the musical. Things I won't repeat here. Just let's just say you are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. Now, I'm playing this song. And I ordered this album because Dorothy Moskowitz wrote the song I'm about to play and the one after that. But I have to flip, flip sides. So I'm going to do a little improvisation between them. So let's hear this and hear how it goes. Hey, folks. We're going to feature Miss Darling Dorley. We'll do go down at the end of the line. Hey!
Gabe, give me a second. Give me a second. So that was Dorothy Moskowitz singing and playing that crazy keyboard. So I'm now I'm undoing this thing, treating it ever so gently, ever so gently. Don't don't panic, Bob Bergman. Ever so gently. Let's see how this goes. Back up, back up, back up. And this thing will happen now.
yeah, Dorothy Moskowitz on piano there and singing there that song from that album that you can't get online anywhere, I don't think. You got to actually buy it. So that was uh, the band. <sighs> Steeman Freeman with Dorothy Moskowitz. And uh, you heard the songs. <clears throat> you heard the songs End of the Line and Southland. You know, the dr you, of course you don't know. Who would know? Who would know this? So if you look in the back cover, well, the front cover too, but if you look in the back cover, each member is um, named. There's a little, this is as cheap of an album cover as you can do. It's like type, typed graphics, black and white picture, just like a bootleg. But it's not a bootleg. No, it's not. Freeman Lockwood, the aforementioned guy who did the soundtrack to Sodom and Gomorrah, The Last Days movie, which is a porno. Dorothy Moskowitz, my girlfriend. Dwayne Post, who looks like a nice, respectable guy with a mustache. And Ginny Whitaker on drums. Who is Ginny Whitaker? Well, she's a good drummer. I know that. Respectable, I guess. Yeah, right? And um, she played on this album, and she played on the next album by Steeman Freeman. But her actual claim to fame is that she played drums on a song called Pac-Man Fever. Yeah, people of a certain age will recall Pac-Man Fever. These guys, okay, the band's name was Buckner and Garcia. And if you were a kid and you were starting to get into those crazy video games that all the kids like, there were people who were struck by the fad of video games, by golly. Not Pong. I don't think there's a Pong song. There might be. That'd be clever. But uh, Jerry Buckner and Gary Garcia um, were doing jingles in Atlanta. Then they started doing more original stuff and had some success with a song called Merry Christmas in the NFL. But the lure of two jingle writers having the potential to take advantage of the market of Pac-Man recorded a song called Pac-Man Fever. And on drums was Ginny Whitaker. It's ironic that this song would go higher in the chart than anything that any of these people ever did. It became an inter international hit and um, released nationally in December of 81. And then they followed it up with, oh, you know, 
um, a version of the theme to WKRP in Cincinnati. Do the Donkey Kong. E.T. I love you. Such is the life for a jingle writer struggling for recognition. And it's totally understandable. But I just thought you'd like to know that United States of America, Country Joe, Stephen Freeman, Pac-Man Fever. It all, it's all a string. A string of nothing except for Pac-Man Fever. Anyway. Um, then, around 1979, our girl popped up again in, a, in an album that I can't get because I'm not going to pay the money for it. Well, I'm not going to pay for the money for it because I just spent $20 on this thing. <laughs> but I'm sure it's fine. And there are actually some songs on um, YouTube that you can hear from the duet Moskowitz and Fregulia which is just piano and vocals, and Dorothy Moskowitz, Dotty, I call her, actually wrote a few songs on this album, or co-wrote, and I thought that that was interesting, so I thought I'd play some for you, because now you're a Dorothy Moskowitz completist as well. Try to say 
I was a sentimental thing Threw my heart away each spring Now a spring romance Hasn't got a chance Promised my first dance to winter All I got to show was a splinter My heart 
heart tries to sing So they won't hear it breaking Spring can really hang you up the most College boys are writing sonnets In their tender passions they're engrossed But I'm up on the shelf with last year's Easter bonnets Spring can really hang you up the most All afternoon the birds twitter twit I know the tune, this is love, this is it I heard it before and I know the score now I've decided that spring is a bore Doctors once prescribed a tonic Sulfur and molasses was the dose Didn't help a bit This condition must be chronic Spring can really hang you up the most But when you 
keep on praying for snow to hide the clover. Spring can really hang you up the most. Thank you. Sorry, goofed up, goofed up, goofed up, goofed up. Anyway, all right. Well, that was uh, three tracks from Fregulia, Moskowitz Fregulia, who's an excellent piano player. 1978 was the year of the album, and Dorothy Moskowitz actually co-wrote or wrote those three songs. So... Yeah. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal. Won't you visit my podcast? Won't you? It's at dsides.podbean.com. And I'm always updating stuff. So... Um, yeah, you might like some of it. Shows from the past, all that stuff. Yeah.
streaming live at whupfm.org and on 104.7 FM WHUP LP Hillsboro. FM WHUP LP Hill show where we 